0: Amen. and Thank you for your worship, you guys. That was awesome. We are so appreciative. And good morning. Welcome to church. You don't have to check your calendars. It's not the third Sunday of the month. Um, but uh, there was an extra Sunday in the month of December, fifth Sunday, and it's a busy month. So Pastor Dave asked me if I would step in and, and teach and share. And gosh, with a series like Verses for Life that we've been going through, I couldn't wait to. So Um, I have enjoyed this and getting to dive into God's Word together, Uh, but this morning, as we kind of go through it together, I want to start with asking you kind of a strange question. It's not one that you really bring up too often at church, but have you ever had one of those moments where you began to doubt your faith? You know, it sounds kind of odd. It's not necessarily what you expected to hear when you came into church, but you know, one of those moments where maybe you went through a time or a season where things were dif- difficult or you felt distant for God, or, or maybe like me, you had something weird happen that kind of, kind of put you into a weird state of mind. It was, for me, I, I think back to a few years ago, I was in front of my house with a buddy of mine, his name was Joe, and he had brought his son over to play with my son, and they were in the backyard playing, and Joe and I were out front talking, and in the middle of the conversation, Joe just goes, oh my God and he drops his water bottle. And Joe's this huge guy. He's really tall, really buff, like in fit and and his arms are like dead at his side and his knees are kind of weak and I look at him and his jaw is open and so I look up in the sky at what Joe is looking at. And kind of in similar fashion I just go, "Oh my." Now I gave the churchy version. "Oh my gosh." as I stared at the sky and we were both staring up. What it was was the sun had just set, it was one of those summer evenings and it was dusk and the sun had just set and and kind of streaming from one side of the sky to the other was this giant glowing trail. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen and it kind of came to this bubble and this bubble came to a point and it looked like something had burst through our atmosphere from outer space. I couldn't describe it as anything other than weird. It was like alien in looking. And, 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 and I turned to Joe and I go, what in the world is that? And Joe goes, dude, it's aliens. They're here. <laughs> They're here, man. And I'm not normally one of those guys that's like far out there and aliens or conspiracy theories or anything like that. But for a few moments there, I started just sitting there with my jaw open going, what if that was aliens? You know Independence Day and Coneheads and all those movies popped into my mind. they all kind of start like this right they 're either here to live among us or uh, take everything from us and i 'm going, what if that was aliens and uh, what if everything I thought about God and and, and the scriptures i mean there 's nothing about that in the Bible like what if all this isn 't real you know and don 't worry we 're not talking about aliens today. I know some of you wish we were, but we 're not getting into that but But for a moment, I was just entertaining that thought and that idea. And it kind of just caused me to go, huh, what if? Now, I pulled out my phone and Googled it and saw it was one of those SpaceX satellite launches that we've all grown so accustomed to seeing. And it wasn't actually coming down from space. It was just curving and going into space. But we all have kind of those moments from time to time. I know we're not always comfortable with admitting it. We kind of push it down and ignore, like it, maybe, maybe ignore it like it didn't happen. But we all have those times or those moments where maybe, maybe we're so sure in something that we believed. Maybe we had such strong faith at one time in our life, but you kind of find as life goes by, you find yourself in those moments where you're going, huh, I don't know, this trial is really difficult. I don't know, I heard this argument or this podcast or I read that book and I'm going, huh, do I really, am I really sure of what I believe? Do I really have the faith that I think I have? And I mean, all of us at one point or another came to this this decision time where we had to decide what we were going to believe. We had to pick up faith. And, And in some sense, there are these moments in life where you come to that point again where you're going, huh, do I really believe this? Do I really know this? You see, doubts, if we're really honest with ourselves, doubts are kind of an essential part of our faith in some sense. If you're the type of person that you hear well, you know, people have doubts, I never have doubts, you puff up your chest and think I'm certain of everything, then you probably don't understand what doubt really is. And you also don't understand what faith is. You see, faith necessitates the fact that there are other options. Certainty is actually the opposite of faith. To be certain of something means I have no reason to believe anything else. It's a 100% verifiable fact. There is no faith or trust or belief involved in that. It's a certain fact. But in reality, the very essence of what we call our faith requires that there are going to be certain things that oppose that at times, one time or another. And if we can't be comfortable with that, if we can't learn to acknowledge that, then I don't think we'll ever find a faith that's really sure and built up and founded on something real. You know, at the end of the day, for a lot of us, as we kind of dive into the verse we're going to look at this morning. One of the great questions we can ask ourselves is not how do I get rid of every doubt in my life, but how do I develop a faith that's real, that's built on something strong and sure, that is greater than any of the doubts that I might have? And to that, we're gonna look at a verse this morning that I think lays out one of the most simple but essential ways that we can build our faith. And we're gonna do that if you have your Bibles by opening up to Romans chapter 10. Romans is an amazing, deep, and inspirational book of the Bible. It was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was written, in a sense, to kind of just lay out the gospel. A lot of people call it Paul's version of the gospel, as he takes you from all the Old Testament references he gives on how God was creating a better way, revealing our need throughout the scriptures for a Savior. And how faith in him brought about our righteousness. And so Paul lays that out throughout this book. And in chapter 10, we're going to be in verse 17, he says something really profound and and yet simple when it comes to faith. He says in verse 17, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Such an important verse where Paul obviously is talking about faith and how we build that up. But to me, I I read this verse and I kind of struggled a little bit because it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) You want to have stronger faith? Listen to God's word. But I think if you kind of meditate on this and you look a little bit deeper and you kind of take it apart, you're going to understand that there's kind of a... A process at work here. Something important that we don't always see and we don't always understand about God's word and the way it builds up faith in us. And it kind of starts with that first part of the verse. He says, so then. So then is a kind of concluding thought. He's saying, look, in light of what I've been arguing for, the case I've been making, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word God. So then what has he been talking about? Well, Just really quick, if you go through chapters 9 and 10, you'll see Paul has gotten to this point of his discussion in salvation where he says, look, of course there's the Jews, and my heart is for my fellow countrymen. But the Jews had heard and were given what God wanted from them. It was faith in him and his righteousness. But they chose to go a different route. Throughout the the entirety of chapter 10, well, at least up until our verse 17 in chapter 10, Paul brings eight different Old Testament examples out, and he says God was speaking to the Jews in that Old Testament. God was telling them that it was to be by faith that they were to come to him, that it wasn't by their own righteousness. Yet, they ignored that. They wanted to do it by the works of the law. And so he says, so salvation came to the Gentiles, to people who were outside the Jewish nation, And he says, but the salvation came to a people who accepted it by faith, by trusting in him. And then in verse 14, he says something that really kind of is what ties into our verse. He says, how then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You see, this is... A really important verse because it's the one that's going to tie together our verse. And he says, look, understand there's kind of a process here when it comes to faith and believing. He goes, how can you be expected to call on God if you don't believe in him? And how can you believe in God if you haven't heard of him? And how can you hear without a preacher or someone to tell you about it? See, what he's kind of laying out there is, look, you're not just called to blindly trust in God. You're not just called to blindly trust in a religious system or a group of rules or things that don't make sense. Because there's kind of an essential nature of faith that I think sometimes we take for granted or we don't think about. You see, almost everything we do in life requires some form of faith. From the car you got into to drive here and the, you know, the, the fact that you put your foot on a brake pedal and expected it to brake when you slowed down. You know required faith to the fact that all along you or all around you are laws and rules that we're expecting other people to, to abide by, otherwise they're going to drive into your lane, crash into you and, and take you out. and it's like, no, there's this degree of faith when I flip on the lights. There's this degree of faith when I go to work and expect my, my employer to pay me after two weeks of work or whatever it is. He would say, "Look. Everything around you is kind of built on faith, even relationships. I mean, if you think about it, the very essential foundation of almost all relationships we have is a sense of faith. From the child that relies on its parent and trusts that its parent will take care of them, to the spouse or friends you have, to the, you know, we have those sayings, right? Do I trust that person? Will they come through for me? Will they live up to what they promise you know, the, the very act of giving someone a kiss is, a, is an expression of faith or trust in them. To say, no, I know that you're someone that's close to me, that I trust will take care of me, that I trust will be there for me. And, and in some sense, all of that is not built on blind faith. It's built on a foundation that we look around us where, Everything we do and everything we, we believe in, like when you put your foot on those brakes like we brought up earlier, it's not out of blind faith. You don't, every time you brake, go, oh, I hope this is gonna work. You know, it's like, no, I've, I've braked in my car a million times. It's a new car or I've taken it to my ca- mechanic. It's just, you know, I mean, some people just hope every time they brake, it's gonna work, you know? Uh, but, uh, but I mean, for most of us, it's like, we don't have unfounded reasons why we believe or trust the things that are operating around us. You know, one of the most dangerous words you ever hear from anyone is, just trust me, believe me. You know, as if there's no other reason other than the fact that they say you should trust them, right? Parents, you know this. One of the worst things you can say to your kids is like, you know, because I said so. Right? It, just, it doesn't give them any real reason to trust you other than the fact that you said so. It's the language of tyrants and dictators and insecure people. But in reality... God doesn't come to us and go, I expect you to believe in me because I said so. I expect you to trust in me because, you know, other people do. What Paul is saying here, and as you bring this back into verse 17, is look, there is a great foundation for your faith. There is something that will develop your faith unlike anything else in this world. It works like this. He says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing By the word of God. Do you want to know what will give your faith substance and something to stand on? Do you want to know where you find the things that you are to hope in and believe in? Do you want to know the way that you were to look at life and foundationally what underlies your trust in God? Well, he would say, look, right here, the scriptures or what we would call our Bible is your foundational support for what underlies how you believe in God. Kind of at the end of the day, when we find ourselves in those moments where we're going, oh, I don't know if I can trust you, God. I don't know if I believe in God anymore. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have the faith for that. When you find yourself in those moments, what Paul would kind of say is, look, it's not the fact that you don't have faith. It's the fact that you just don't know God very well. Right, because the greater you know God, according to kind of this principle, the greater your trust is going to be in him. How can you know God? It's kind of a circle here. Well, you get into his word. You get into what he's revealed about himself to us. And if you want your faith increased, hear the word of God. It's kind of interesting that he says hear there. He doesn't just use study, he doesn't just say read, because you kinda gotta understand the world at their time. At this point of time, all the scriptures hadn't even been written. At this point in time, as he's talking to the Roman church there, what they, they didn't have the Gospels yet. They weren't written yet. So what it was, was preachers who traveled around, who had experienced this and seen this firsthand, who came to them like Paul and would speak a message and teach them the Gospel and share with them about Christ. And we're told that they had to, they had to really listen. They had to really hear it in a way that it was personal to them. You see, hearing was, was vital. It's it's the difference between just taking something in and really letting it in. It's like there there are so many people who have studied the scriptures, heard messages, and their faith, it doesn't move a, a bit. It doesn't grow at all. Why? Well, in some sense, if you're not really hearing or listening to someone, you're not really taking in what's being said. I mean, we're told that the Bereans, over in Acts chapter 17, when, when they heard the word, when Paul came and preached to them, that they went and they searched the scriptures. It's like they took it in in such a way that they were taking it and being like, you know what, is this how, is this how it all works? They went back to the scriptures, they tested it, and they saw, look, this is real. In some sense, hearing has that, that kind of aspect to it. We all know when you're talking to your spouse, or, or, or they're talking to you, and you, you know that ability we have to just... Well, maybe just me as a guy, to just tune out and go, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's like, yeah. Or you've talked to that other person, on the contrary, who you're trying to talk to them, you're trying to get something out, but they have their own thoughts and ideas and ways of hearing things, and it's not going very far. You know, there's a lot of things that can get in the way of us hearing. And one of the biggest ones is either us not taking it seriously or us listening with our own thoughts and motives and intents and and, you know hearing in a way where we don't want to be challenged hearing in a way that we don't want to be changed coming to this and saying look I don't know I don't know if I can do that I don't know look this book from the very first verse requires that you make a decision in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth This should challenge almost everything else outside of God's word. Am I going to take God at his word? Do I believe that there's a God who's big enough to create all that I see out here? Or am I going to say, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. You see, if I can take that first verse literally, then every other verse in here isn't that much of a challenge. That Jesus could walk on water, that the sick could be made whole, that a man could be resurrected from the grave, You see, that that first verse, the moment you come to the scriptures, requires that you're going to make a choice. Am I willing to set down my thoughts and outside ideas, these things that might be challenged by what God says? And am I willing to say, you know what, God, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to the way that you say things are. Some of the hardest things for us to lay down are the things dearest to us. Our politics, our our way of viewing the way people should be treated or the way culture should go, our normal and social values. It's like these things come with us to the scriptures and they are challenged. But we're told that this book right here, well, Paul calls it the, the very word of God. And I love that, that thought because to him... As he calls these scriptures or what God has collected in this book, what he's saying is, look, this is, and he would say this over in 2 Peter, um, Peter 3.16, he says, look, this is God-breathed. This book right here, it's not just a book or a collection of fables and stories, of, of, of self-help, of you know, some morality code to keep people in check and in line. Now, far beyond any sense of wisdom that man could put together, this book was what God divinely wanted and inspired to be written that people might have. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting to the very core of who we are. He says, look, this book has the ability to, on one hand, bring to us exactly what God wants to reveal to us, and on the other hand, cut to the core of who we are. Really reveal how we should look at things and look at life around us. And Paul would say, look, this, this word, we we'd call it inerrant. That simply means, look, it doesn't have any errors in it as it was originally written. It's truthful in every sense of the word. And Paul would say, look, this book is the absolute truth of God. It's everything that God wanted to say to you. It's everything that God wanted to reveal to you about himself and his plan and what has gone on throughout human history and his nature and his promises and the way he's going to wrap it all up from Genesis to Revelation. How God works and moves and who he is. And he says, look, if you want faith to grow, it starts by having a personal relationship with God by knowing who he is. You're not expected to have your faith grow if you you don't know who God is and if you're not hearing what he's done. And so he says, look, fundamentally, foundationally, this is a very simple thing, but it's so important for us to get and so important for us to make a a, a part of our lives. Because if you think about it, everything is crying out for our attention in this world and kind of distracting us from the reality of what God is. I mean, from entertainment to movies to books to, you know, two governors arguing with the phoniest smiles I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's like, go on down the list. There are all kinds of things and problems in this world and, and 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 all kinds of reasons why we should be paying attention to the news. Focusing on only our kids, watching out for our community, like all these things, but at the end of the day. He can chase everything in this world, but it's not going to build you up in your faith. What's really, truly going to strengthen our faith is by, by strengthening, strengthening that foundation underneath us. By strengthening that thing underneath us that says, you know what, I have reasons to believe for God. I may have doubts. I may have problems in this world. There may be things that I don't understand, but I have a greater reason than ever to believe in God because I'm reading of him. I'm hearing, and as we do this, the Spirit of God, we're told, brings this and makes it personal to us. See, the word he used here for the word of God wasn't just the general word, the logos of God. It was the rhema. It was a word that was kind of used to to imply a specific idea that God would bring to you. Specific use of words. And it's almost as though he's saying, look, when you get into this, you will find that God is going to specifically speak to you. He's going to specifically talk to you. It's what makes it so important for us to be people who get into this, to find ways to do that, whether it's your your morning reading, whether it's, I mean, I would encourage you, I even brought this in today, one of of the things I have that I'm doing this next year. I've done it before, but if you've ever had one of these one-year Bibles, these are so important. If you've never read your Bible all the way through, make it a challenge to yourself to spend 15 minutes each day. And you can read it from Genesis to Revelation or you can do, you know, one of these one-year Bibles and they put them together in certain ways that you're going to read a psalm every day and, you know, one chapter from Genesis and one chapter from the New Testament. But look, whatever way it is you find, get into this book. Understand and put yourself in a position where you're going to hear from God. And one of my favorite... I, I've. I think I've told it to you guys before when I come up here, is one of my favorite things to do, and this is my verse for this morning, Psalm 6-9, is I love to write down a verse on a note card and just put it in my pocket. And just every time I reach into my pocket to grab my keys, it's like I remember my verse this morning, the Lord has heard my supplication, the Lord will hear my prayer. I know, every time I put my hand in my pocket, yeah, God listens to me. God hears me when I pray, it matters. But to take God's word and to put it into my my heart, it's like there is something that happens that deepens your faith. Now, I know we might think that it's from having every question we have answered. But that's not actually what builds our faith. You know, there was this time in college where I, I had to take this philosophy class. or I didn't have to, but it was on the list of things. And I saw Renaissance Philosophy I thought, that sounds forgettable, I'll take that. You know, I thought it'd be easy. On the contrary, it was, it was actually one of the more complicated courses I took. And it was complicated because the teacher, the philosophy teacher I had, was a former pastor who had been through seminary and ended up walking away from his faith. And ended up just giving that up and going into philosophy. And so, you know, in, in the first course, the first day of the course, he had, he had found some way to get all the Christians to raise their hand, I don't know figured out some way to get us all to admit who we are. And there was probably like 20 of us in here. And then he proceeded that class to completely just bash Christianity in every way possible. It was one of the most difficult courses I ever took. In the second class, second time I went into that class, like about 18 of the Christians had dropped out. There was just two of us fools left, and I guess we just weren't paying enough attention. And so we're sitting there, and I I remember as I go through the second day of this course, and the next day of this course, I'm like, this guy is just hammering me about all these kind of questions that I didn't know how to answer at that time in my faith. I was really young in my faith, but I kind of said to myself, I go, look, I can handle this one of two ways. There are going to be doubts in my life, and there are going to be hard things and hard questions. I don't know how to answer all of them. And I can either spend all my time trying to run around and answer every question this guy asks, but is that gonna build up my faith? I'm like, I don't know. I can't answer half those questions even now as a pastor. So I decided I'm gonna take, and I printed out a bunch of pages of the Bible, and I put them on my notebook so it looked like I was studying his notes when I was in class. But I really had different pages of my Bible. And I just stuck him in my notebook, and I just said, you know what? The guy spends the first 10 or 15 minutes of class, you know, taking us through roll call and doing all this admin stuff. So I'm going to spend that time just studying the Bible. And I did that. I went through my notes, and I highlighted things. I ended up just challenging myself, and I memorized the entire first chapter of Ephesians. Now, this sounds amazing, but I couldn't recite it back to you if I tried right now. So, you know, it wasn't that spiritual. But at that time, I memorized all of Ephesians chapter 1, and I was just like, Man, I got to the end of this course, and this guy had given me more things to wrestle through about my faith than at any other time of my life, any other challenge or podcast or book I've read. Yet when I got through with that course, I, I kid you not, my faith was greater than it had ever been. God was speaking to me in ways that I had never seen him speak before, and I was more sure of the God I believed in, even though I had more doubts than I was at any other time in my life. And I realized this. I mean, back to the aliens, you know, when, when I looked up at the sky and then I googled, you know, is, are there aliens or, you know, what's going on? And I saw that it was a SpaceX rocket. And suddenly my doubt was gone. My faith hadn't grown at all. My doubt was gone. It was crossed off the list. But my faith hadn't grown. When I went through that course, and that guy gave me a lot of different things, a lot of challenging things to think through. A lot of things that I still wrestle with. At the same time, when I went through that course and I took in God's word, and I let it build me up, and I looked at God and what he's done, and I saw the plan that he's had and how it culminates in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me on the cross, it's like there was no greater thing I could have done for my faith than build myself up in the scriptures, than to hear God speak to me through his word, And in some sense, what Paul is saying is, look, you're called to faith, but you're not called to blind faith. You're called to trust in God, but you're not called to do it in the dark. Yes, there will always be things that bring about doubts. That's what what necessitates faith. It's an integrated part of it. But if you want to have a faith that's real, if you want to have a faith that's built on, on substance, something that's not going to crumble or crack under pressure and under those doubts, then learn to go to these scriptures. Learn to take in the word of God. Read it. Make an essential part of your life. You'll never, never have a weaker faith than when you don't get into this. And if you want to have a strong faith for all of us, his word to us is that it comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so very much that you don't call us to walk in the dark. There are some things we're definitely not going to understand. We're going to have troubles and we're going to have a hard time sometimes understanding or knowing exactly what you want us to do, but there will always be a reason to trust you above anything else in this world. Help us to be people that don't neglect that. Help us to be people that focus on that. Help us to be people that value that over every other way of, of finding things that are sure in this life. Lord, we thank you for your truth and your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we-